0: I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, the collision between the Black Lives Matter movement and the job of prosecutors in the Bay Area. Our lead law enforcement reporter, Megan Cassidy, is back on the show. We're going to talk about Alameda County District Attorney Nancy O'Malley. In recent weeks, O'Malley made two pretty surprising moves. She charged a San Leandro police officer with manslaughter over a shooting in a Walmart and she reopened the investigation into the 2009 BART shooting of Oscar Grant. Was O'Malley simply looking at the facts of the cases and the law? Or was she trying to solidify her credentials as a progressive-minded prosecutor? Before we get to Megan Cassidy, a reminder to listeners that our deep-dive podcast into the career of another one-time DA, vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris, is now available. It's called Chronicled Who is Kamala Harris? a six-part podcast miniseries available wherever you get 5th and Mission. Okay, on to today's show. Megan, thanks for being here. I'm Damian Bolwa, managing editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on 5th and Mission, the collision between the Black Lives Matter movement and the job of prosecutors in the Bay Area. Our lead law enforcement reporter, Megan Cassidy, is back on the show, We're going to talk about Alameda County District Attorney Nancy O'Malley. In recent weeks, O'Malley made two surprising moves. She charged a San Leandro police officer with manslaughter over a shooting at a Walmart, and she reopened the investigation into the 2009 BART shooting of Oscar Grant. The question, was O'Malley simply looking at the facts and the law, or trying to solidify her credentials as a progressive-minded prosecutor? Megan, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Megan, let's start with the big picture in this story. As you write, over the last several years, the very nature of being a prosecutor has changed in the Bay Area. What what does that mean?
1: Right. Well, I think especially in the Bay Area, if not in um, a lot of places in California, uh, voters are not so much looking anymore at a prosecutor who's going to be tough on crime to throw everyone in prison but looking at ways to you know diminish this mass incarceration problem that that we've had going for decades now uh who will pay attention to uh racial justice issues and uh and and also a big one especially lately this summer is uh by holding police accountable that's one thing that i think throughout the country uh people uh, have been calling for. Uh, there are everyday police shootings of, uh, of people that are questionable, and it's very, very rare that a, a prosecutor will, will charge an officer in a case like this.
0: Yeah. So in the past, a, a prosecutor, a term of a prosecutor might be really defined by one big case where they could they successfully convict someone. And now, it feels like more and more we want to know, um, and it's certainly the case with uh, George Gascon in San Francisco who left office recently, we want to know where they stand on things like bail reform and, and Proposition 47, which reduced some crimes to misdemeanors, right? We, we kind of want to know where they stand in the larger reform movement
1: right right uh, I think that George Gascone especially really uh, kind of pioneered this this movement uh, in, in San Francisco, especially if not throughout the Bay Area California and uh, his successor uh, Chase Bodine, ha- has picked up where he left off and um, largely expanded that uh, he, he's done things like took away gang enhancements uh, after um, reform advocates said that they were very racially biased. Uh, he has stopped prosecuting based on uh, what's called pretextual stops, which is if you're, let's say, driving along and you don't, uh, you know, use a turn signal or stop all the way at a stop sign. A lot of times, police use these types of stops to try to get into somebody's car if they look like they're not up to any good and to search the case. So, or, and to uh, search their vehicle. So, Boudin is, is, uh, is really kind of doing some, pioneering things that uh, progressives in in the state and in the country have uh, really been applauding lately.
0: OK, and that that sort of leads into a, a fear among some prosecutors politically that they're going to be challenged from the left uh, by people who might have the ear of the voters who are who, who are are wanting the reform or following the Black Lives Matter movement. And that brings us to Nancy O'Malley, who you write this great story about. Uh, first, tell us who is Nancy O'Malley?
1: Yeah, Nancy O'Malley has been uh, the Alameda County District Attorney for over 10, uh, going on 11 years now. She was appointed by her uh, predecessor, has been uh, re-elected now three times, I believe. Uh, she has, in, in some circles, is known as a progressive prosecutor. She does call herself that. She's a registered Democrat. Um, she has been most, I would say, well-known for... Um, Fighting for the rights of uh, of the victims, particularly sex trafficking or sexual assault victims, um, and she's she's received wide acclaim for that. Uh, she's also embraced some progressive issues. She uh, has really leaned into the diversion programs in her office. Uh, they're called the uh, collaborative courts, where people can, uh, if they're charged with the crime, they can complete, you know, a, a series of uh, a, a, series of of classes and work with the work with the courts to get the uh, the cases dismissed Uh, and she's also been a pretty vocal advocate for uh, eliminating cash bail which a lot of people uh, mostly in in California will say now that it is a discriminatory system that uh, that punishes the poor
0: okay but she's also taken some criticism from the left for positions as well as for accepting money from police unions right
1: Right, right. So, um, as of last year and into this year, she was actually the president of the, uh, California District Attorneys Association. So she, you know, had a strong lead on the positions that, uh, that this association would take. And the District Attorneys Association is known for its more, uh, tough on crime laws and, and really kind of pushing back against kind of the, the more, uh, strong, criminal justice reforms that have been proposed. So uh, Nancy O'Malley has famously uh, asked people, asked citizens not to vote for Prop 47, which would have turned some low-level felonies into misdemeanors. Uh, She, along with other DAs, has recently uh, asked uh, former Governor Jerry Brown to veto a bill that would um, lessen the sentences for murder accomplices, which, under what's called the felony murder rule, they would be sentenced for the same amount of time as somebody who actually pulled the trigger or or did the
0: killing. So that gets us to Nancy O'Malley's recent decisions. That's put her name in the headlines. And the first one, Megan, is in a shooting controversial at a Walmart in San Leandro. What happened?
1: Yeah. so uh, there there was a man named Stephen Taylor who was in a Walmart. Uh, witnesses said that he was acting erratically he had gotten a a baseball bat from one of the aisles and uh police were called to the scene uh so to to try to get the situation under control um steven taylor was tased and and we can see in video of the scene that he seems kind of out of it kind of stumbling and um then he is is shot and and falls to the ground and so this this video he's got the
0: baseball bat
1: he's got the baseball bat but the the video really calls into question i would say how much uh danger the officer was really in um we don't see him at that moment swinging the bat um we see what what looks like somebody that's uh stumbling and that doesn't look like he's making any threatening gesture at that moment
0: so nancy o'malley in this case charged voluntary manslaughter which is generally considered to be unlawful self-defense unnecessary self-defense and the defense in the case is already saying that that he did fear for his own life and had to fire the officer jason fletcher so megan that was the first time that any bay area prosecutor has charged someone in a police killing um since the Oscar Grant case, correct? Uh,
1: That's correct. And she was also um, only the second prosecutor in the state to uh, charge an officer using this new uh, tightened use of force law. Uh, So the new law requires that California officers can only use deadly force if it's necessary to protect against, uh, to protect a human life. And they're also required to uh, use what's called de-escalation tactics, Uh, whenever, whenever they possibly can. So the argument here is that this case meets those standards, according to O'Malley.
0: Okay, gotcha. I want to ask you about O'Malley's second decision, which actually comes in the Oscar Grant case. But first, we got to take a break. More on Fifth Admission with Megan Cassidy right after this.
1: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support 5th in Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod.
0: Welcome back to 5th in Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm joined by Chronicle reporter Megan Cassidy. And we're talking about Alameda County District Attorney Nancy O'Malley, who's made a couple of big decisions recently uh, in, in police cases. And the second one, Megan, is, is in the Oscar Grant case. Um, as you may know, I, I covered that case as a reporter. And the the officer, the BART officer who killed Oscar Grant in 2009, his name was jo- Johannes Messerly, was convicted of involuntary manslaughter at trial. Um, and the case has sort of, um, you know, somewhat faded. There was a movie made, um, but it was generally believed to be over. And so what has O'Malley done now?
1: So... <laughs> Really, she has she's remained very tight lipped about this. The only thing that we know is that her office is reopening the case that uh, they, they're going to reinvestigate this, the circumstances leading to the death. So but what's important is is what precluded this. The family has always believed that another officer should also be charged in this case. And that was uh, a man by the name of our officer, uh, Anthony Peroni. Um, He didn't fire the he didn't fire the gun that killed Oscar Grant, but he did do what witnesses thought was escalating the situation. He uh, held him down when when witnesses said that he he didn't need to be Um, he they had a move that uh, he had a move that uh, Grant's family compared to that which killed um, uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis. And so just before. O'Malley had announced that she was going to reopen this case um, and actually simultaneously Grant's family and advocates were holding a press conference uh, saying they wanted O'Malley to reopen this case to look at uh, Peroni again and while they were doing it O'Malley announced that she would so that's led a lot to a lot of people to believe that um, Peroni will be the target of this renewed investigation.
0: Yeah, and people may remember that uh, that Anthony Peroni was the first officer on the scene of that famous case, um, roughed up Oscar Grant, decided to um, arrest him, pulled him off the train, uh, and 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 there was a famous recording, people may remember, where Oscar Grant was calling uh, h- Anthony Peroni a, a racial slur, and Peroni repeated it and yelled it back at him. Um, and then Johannes Messerly, um shot Oscar Grant in the back and later claimed that he had meant to use his taser rather than shoot him. So you you kind of you asked around about whether Anthony Paroney could indeed face charges, but but it looks like it'd be very difficult, right?
1: It, it does appear so. So you know, it's been um, eleven years since Grant's death, and every every case except for murder has a statute of limitations, and um, and a lot of, a lot of legal experts are saying that there's just really no, no pathway to bring, um, Peroni to trial.
0: Yeah. And even Messerly wasn't, uh, convicted of murder. So it'd be very difficult. Exactly. Okay. So, so, you know, that's, I think what, what has, as you said, um, prompted some people to speculate that Nancy O'Malley is trying to sort of burnish her progressive credentials, these decisions in these two cases. You asked Nancy O'Malley about that. What did she say?
1: Uh, she said, "Absolutely not, absolutely not." Um, you know, she was very matter of fact about it. She said, "Look, the the law changed. Uh, there are still certain standards that are going to be applied in this case, like the old standard of whether a reasonable officer would have done the same thing. But there are also these new standards, and under that that new uh, microscope, we do we do see an argument here, which is that did." Uh, Did the officer did um, Officer Fletcher absolutely need to use deadly force uh, to save another human life? And prosecutors believe that uh, that he
0: didn't. So she said there was no political calculation, but she you, you do expect that she may face a challenge from the left in 2022.
1: Right. I mean, that that's almost certain. Um, We we spoke with at least one. It sounds like very potential challenger challenger, which is uh, Assemblymember Rob Bonta. Uh, He is he has a a pretty solid track record of of um, criminal justice reforms under his belt. Uh, He has either carried or introduced legislation that include uh, bail reform bills and phasing out private prisons And he also recently uh, said he'd be announcing a bill that would uh, remove uh, prosecutors from investigating or uh, charging officers in a crime if they have also accepted uh, donations from that officer's union.
0: All right. And has has there been any other uh, reaction to to O'Malley's decisions from whether it's Grant's family or from law enforcement in the area?
1: So Grant's family, I, I talked to his mother, Wanda Johnson. Um, she was obviously pleased that that she has decided to reopen the case. She she does feel that Peroni should be charged with murder. Um, she is she was a bit disappointed that um, O'Malley decided to make the announcement during the press conference and rather than speaking with the family first. Uh, but she said ultimately this is a testament to how the black lives matter movement and how advocacy can, uh, can really make a difference and really help pull prosecutors towards what she believes is the, the right decision.
0: And finally, what did Nancy O'Malley say about, you know, the, her sort of larger reputation and about criticism she's faced in the ba- in the past for taking contributions from politicians or, or being pro police.
1: So, yeah, again, yeah, she has very straightforward answers to that. She says, look, uh, Campaigns don't run themselves. We we need donations. I am a law enforcer. I work with law enforcement. You know, of of course, they're going to have a say in whether they want me or whether they want my challenger. Uh, and she says that the, the donations that she has received in the past they had no bearing on the decisions that she's made.
0: All right, let's leave it there. Megan Cassidy, fascinating subject. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter Megan Cassidy. And before we go, I want to remind listeners to check out our Deep Dive podcast into the career of vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris. It's called Chronicled Who is Kamala Harris podcast miniseries that's available wherever you get fifth Mission. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.